Well, good morning, and thank you so much, Shepherd's Gate, for being with us today. Honored that we get to share the morning together. Like Pastor Tim has said, my name is Christian, and uh, we are so grateful to be sharing this last Sunday at SG with all of you. Uh, your love and encouragement and support as we transition out has been so incredibly beautiful, and we are so grateful. Hear us say this, we are so, so grateful and thankful, and we love you all so much. Uh, your love and encouragement and support truly has been the wind at our backs for years to launch us into what God has next. We are excited for the future that God has, not just for us, but for you, Shepherd's Gate. Uh, this church is incredibly beautiful, and this leadership is strong, and we are so excited to be cheering you all on from afar because there's a vision and there's a future for Shepherd's Gate, and I know that it's gonna be bold and beautiful and bright because that's what God always does, right? So we are so thankful for you. We love you. We won't get too sappy today because uh, I'll probably start crying, but we do have some really great things in God's word to read together and to learn from, uh, but I just do wanna say it one more time. Thank you so much for your love and encouragement, your support. Uh, we are so grateful. We love you. We love you. And we're so honored to jump into what God has for us today. We're kicking off a brand new series called Everyday Life. And I'm so honored that we get to do this together today because we've been really excited about this series for a while. I'm excited to kick it off with you because this series, the heart behind it is to kind of take a look at this vision statement that God has breathed into the heart of our church and to ask the question, what would it look like for us to have this vision statement, yes, on the wall of Shepherd's Gate or maybe on the t-shirts that some of us have purchased or on our coffee sleeves or on a piece of paper or on our Facebook posts, but what would it look like to not have it just live there? What would it look like to take this vision statement off the wall and to place it into our hearts and into our everyday lives? Because these words are meant for much more than just to look good on a t-shirt. These words are meant to creep into our hearts and into our lives and change and influence the way that we live as people who call Shepherd's Gate home. So that's the heartbeat behind this series. And to take a look at this a little further with the words value everyone we meet today, we are going to take a look at the book of Romans as we have been. And uh, God has some amazing things to breathe through this book. So would you read with me? That's going to be on the screen next to me. But also, if you're reading at home, this is Romans 13, starting in verse 8. Paul says this, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Would you pray with me? God, today, as we open your word, we know that you have something amazing to say. We know that you're going to challenge and move us in profound and new ways. So God, we thank you for this place we call Shepherd's Gate. I thank you for the work that this church has done in my life, how it's impacted me and my wife. I thank you for what you're gonna continue to do, not only today, but into the future, because there's amazing things ahead. So we ask that you would speak boldly and brightly and beautifully right here and right now. We know you will, and it's in your name we pray, amen. The year was 1990, and there was a young couple 
driving down a busy road in a small town. They were newlyweds, and so they were doing what newlyweds do. They were kind of settling into their new place. They were looking for some community, looking for some people to spend some time with. And so they checked out the local restaurant scene, and they'd kind of been around town a little bit, but they also had grown up in the church. And so they knew that finding a church was gonna be really important to find some community and a place of belonging. So one particular day they're driving and they're church shopping, if you will. And they see a marketing campaign on the side of the road and they turn into this place, they see some cars in the parking lot and they think, well, what do we have to lose? Let's just walk in and see what's going on. It's like a Thursday night. So they walk through the doors of this church and just through the doorway, there's some people that are getting some stuff together for the Sunday ahead and they kind of drop what they're doing and they see this young couple walk in and they say, well, hey, how can we help you today? And the young couple says, well, we're just looking kind of for a new place to belong. We don't have a church yet, so we're looking for some community. And what was incredible is that these people through the doorway actually dropped what they were doing and spent some time with them, took them on a tour of the building and invited them back the next Sunday and just got to know them personally. They saw that this young couple was just looking for some belonging and looking to know that they were gonna be welcomed in. And so that act of kindness actually led the young couple to come back the following Sunday for service. How cool is that? See, here's why I begin with that story. Today, I think we can learn a lot from what happened through the doors of that church. Because what happened is these folks did not see these young couple as an interruption to what they were doing. Instead, they saw an opportunity to see these two people as image bearers of God. All the way back in the book of Genesis, right at the beginning of scripture, we see that God has created every human being in his image. That we all, every human being on earth, reflects the image of God in a specific way. And so the amazing thing is that as these folks on the inside of the doors in the church saw this young couple walk through the doors on a Thursday night, they could have said, hey, we're not quite ready for you yet. Sunday is when we welcome people through the doors. But instead, they were not an interruption. They were image bearers. And what I think is beautiful about this is this is where we begin to see a vision statement or uh, the words of welcoming people, the words of valuing people, the words that Paul is speaking to us today through God's word. This is where we start to see those words jump off the page and jump off the wall and enter into our everyday lives. Because here's the beauty of what Paul says today. He starts off bold. He says, don't owe anyone anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. He continues, he starts listing commandments. He says, you, you shouldn't commit adultery, you shouldn't murder. You've heard these before. These are part of the 10 commandments. But here's what I want to say to you today. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do that, because love does no wrong to a neighbor, the love is actually the fulfillment of the law. This is a bold declaration. That as he quotes these words, he says, you should love your neighbor as yourself. If you can get this right, the entire law is fulfilled in love. But here's the beauty of this today. I think if you've grown up in the church or if you haven't, we've probably all heard these words, right? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And maybe if you've been coming to Shepherd's Gate for a few weeks, you've heard us talk about this vision statement. You've heard us talk about valuing everyone we meet. And these words kind of reflect what Paul is saying here. Love your neighbor as yourself. These words on this screen, they look amazing 
as wall decor from Hobby Lobby on our walls, right? They look amazing as a Facebook post. They look awesome in this quote. And if we're not careful, we can start to see these words as a pretty simple cliche thing to say. We can go, yeah, we'll just love your neighbor as yourself. We've heard that a million times. Value everyone you meet. We've heard Pastor Tim say this a million times in our services. But the tension for us today is how do we take these words off of the page? How do we take these words off of the wall or our t-shirt or whatever it is, the wall decor, and actually place them into our hearts and place them into our lives? Because if we're not too careful, these words can become very simple to us. I think often when we think about we should love our neighbor as ourselves, we think about the people that we already love. We think, well, yeah, I value everyone I meet. I love my neighbor. I love the guy that lives in the house next to me. I love the guy that lives on the other side of me. Those are awesome people. The other people in my subdivision, I'm not so sure about, but those two on the other side, my literal neighbors, I'm cool with them. Or maybe when you think about valuing everyone, it's really easy to think about our family or our friends. And yeah, we should love our family and love our friends, but I think often we put a mental picture in our minds of the people that are pretty easy to love. We think of the people that look like us or think like us or believe what we believe or behave how we behave or act like we act or love the people that we love. So as we see these words, I think there becomes a bit of simplicity to it. That we think, well, you know, I I love the people that I already love and I'm good. I'm a pretty nice person, pretty kind person. So I got this thing down. Thank you, Paul, for the reminder today that I should love my neighbor as myself. I got that covered. Check that off the box. What's next? But here's the question. What happens when we realize that as we read about loving our neighbor as ourself, as we consider the words that God has put in the heartbeat of the future of Shepherd's Gate, that you need to value, I need to value everyone we meet, that that means we have to value everyone, not just the easy ones. This is a call on our lives to value and to love our neighbors, which is everyone. All of us bear the image of God. All of us are neighbors and children of God. And right now we're already starting to do it in our minds, right? We're going, well, what about that person? What about that person at work, the guy that annoys me so much? What about this people group? What about these people I've never even met before? The words say value everyone we meet, right? So maybe that means just the people that I shake hands with. No, it's very clear that we are to value and to love everyone we interact with, everyone we see, everyone on earth. Because the beauty of it is that God, through Jesus, came to save everyone. Not just your friends, not just your family, not just you. He came to save, yes, you, but everyone every human being. He designed them and reflected his image through them. So our call in our everyday lives is to value everyone, not just the easy ones. The word value is in this sentence for a very specific reason, because we actually believe that the word value in our current culture carries a really heavy weight for us. Uh, The word love that Paul uses here actually means to bestow honor and to see the importance worth, dignity, and inherent value that every human being has. And so when we say that we're gonna value people, we mean we're gonna love them with our whole hearts unconditionally. We mean that we are gonna step into the world and do our best to love like Jesus loves for every single human being, everyone, not just the easy ones. 
This is a difficult task. This is where we start to not just see it as a nice wall decor or a Facebook post. We start to see it as a difficult way to live. And this is where those words start to come off the wall and we say, well, this needs to get in my heart. This needs to get into my life. And today, I think there's an opportunity for us to dig deeper. I think there's an opportunity for you and me to start a journey today, if you're willing, where we can ask God and we can open our hands and say, God, how might you have me live in the difficulty of how we can value people? Here's not a newsflash for you today. I know you know this already, but I'm just gonna name what we're all thinking. Life is difficult. Right now, our culture is a difficult thing to navigate. And people are difficult to love. Is that all right if we say that today? There are people that creep us out, freak us out, that we disagree with, or that are incredibly difficult for us to be around, maybe because, once again, maybe they don't think like we think. But the call for you and for me is to value everyone, not just the easy ones. And I think Paul begins to get to the heart of this as he makes this bold declaration that the whole fulfillment of the law is that we should be loving our neighbor as ourselves. I think that this sentence starts to find some completion, starts to find kind of how we can intentionally step into the life that God has for you and me, because he follows it up with this. He says, besides, you know it's time. The hour is here for you to wake from sleep. Now, I'm not a morning person by nature. I don't know about you, but sometimes when that alarm goes off in the morning, I would do anything to stay in bed. I'll hit that snooze button. I'll do whatever I gotta do, because the bed is the comfy place to be, right? Blankets are warm, pillows soft. This is the place that I wanna be. I'm more of a night owl than a morning person. Some of you all have woken up this morning two minutes before church started instead of a couple hours before church started because that's kind of what this routine has been like for us. But I'm not a morning person by nature. But I do know this. I do know that when I wake up and maybe take a shower or have a cup of coffee or do a workout that my mind begins to become awake and becomes aware of the day ahead. And here's the beautiful thing. All of us start our everyday lives with waking up. You're the kind of person who wakes up at 4.30 in the morning or noon. Every human being on earth begins their day by just awakening. And it's when we become awake and it's when we become aware that we begin the journey ahead for the day. If we stay comfortable and if we stay in bed, the day might not move forward like it would have. I do not think it is a coincidence at all that in the context of Paul talking about how we can better love each other and value people, everyone, I do not think it's a coincidence that he begins with the first thing that you and I do in our everyday lives. And if we can hone in on this, together you and me can begin a journey today to know that our days can begin with waking up to what God has for you and me. I don't think that there's a better time for our culture, for our church, for our city and for our country to hear these words, it's time to wake up. It's time for us to begin to see everyone we interact with, not just as interruptions, but as image bearers. Yes, even the ones that you disagree with or even the difficult ones, it is time for us to wake up, to become aware and to do what we do every morning of our everyday lives, to open our eyes, to open our hands, 
to open our minds and to open our hearts to what God has ahead of us. This is a parting challenge and a parting farewell for us today, but it's on the heartbeat of my generation and it's on the heartbeat of this church. And I don't think there's a better time for us to hear it. I think it's time for us to wake up. Now, this might look really different for each and every one of us, but if we choose to stay comfortable, we might not hear the alarm that is ringing in our culture, in our city, in our church, in our world, for us to awaken and to become aware of the work that God is doing. For some of us, it's just time to wake up to how we're speaking to other people, to how we're treating the difficult or disagreeing people in our lives. For some of us, I think it's time to wake up to see that on the other side of that profile picture on a social media platform is a person. So often a cursor can blink in front of us and ask us, what are we thinking? And we forget that there are people on the other side of these screens. And yes, value everyone we meet means that we're gonna value the people that we interact with online. We're gonna value the people from the mission trip to the gas station, from the local to the global. We are going to value everyone because we know there's worth and dignity and importance and beauty over their lives. So maybe it's time for us to wake up today. Maybe it's time for us to open our hands and to live an open-eyed life and to say, God, how can I wake up to see the value and the worth that you have given to everyone. There's no better example of this than the fact that we need as a culture and as a city and as a church and as a country to wake up to this systemic issue of racism, oppression, brutality, and injustice that is flooding the streets of our country and has been for far too long. I think so many of us spend so much time debating the things that makes God's heart break. And a lot of us have been caught up in trying to politicize or blame or disagree or debate the things that God is weeping over as his children are murdered in the street. So is it time for us to wake up today, to be open-handed and open-eyed and to learn and unlearn and yes, have empathy, but also have advocacy for our black brothers and sisters to know that our God has created everyone with value and worth and dignity and beauty and that diversity was part of his plan all along. It is not enough to just say that we're not racist. We must be anti-racist and to stand up, wake up, become aware, become awake to the work that our God is doing in our country. Friends, it's time to wake up today. Some of us are still struggling with the words Black Lives Matter but I believe the heartbeat of our God is that black lives have value and worth and beauty and importance in our world. And he created them intentionally. So it's time for us to value everyone. I also believe today that it might be time for us to wake up to understand that that story that I told you at the beginning of the message this morning about a young couple finding value and worth and belonging in a church, that has not been the story for everyone who's walked through the doors of a church. In fact, there's so many who've been hurt or abandoned or betrayed or forgotten by the very people who have words on the wall that say value and welcome is offered to everyone. I know I have friends in the LGBTQ community who've told me they would never walk through the doors of a church again because of how they were treated. 
I don't know if you feel that call like I do, but it is time for us to wake up. It's time for us to become aware, to open our hands, to open our hearts, open our minds. So often in our lives, even as believers, we can see clenched fists in defense. We can see hardened hearts, closed minds, or shut eyes. Friends, it is time to open, to wake up, to be open-handed, open-minded, and to welcome and value people, to fulfill the law by loving our neighbor as ourself. Maybe for you, each and every morning, it starts with this. God, today as I open my eyes, as I open my heart, and as I stretch and wake up for the day ahead, I will refuse to stay comfortable. And I will open your word, I will speak to you, I will let you speak into my heart as you open my hands, open my mind, and open my eyes to what you have ahead for the day. God, teach me, we can pray this together every morning, teach me how to value your children and how to love my neighbor, everyone, not just the easy ones. Teach me. This is the heartbeat of our God. And if this enters our hearts, enters our everyday lives, I believe the change is gonna happen. I believe that we're gonna see God do bright and bold and beautiful things when we wake up and value everyone, not just the easy ones in our everyday life. The year was 1990. And there was a young couple driving down a busy road in a small town. They saw a marketing campaign, turned in, and through the doors of that church, they were seen not as interruptions, but as image bearers by some kind folks. And they came back the Sunday after that, but that's not where the story ended. They actually came back the Sunday after that, and the Sunday after that, and the Sunday after that for years. They eventually had a child and raised that child in the church as well. And this child took sermon notes at the age of four. Uh, he served on teams. And years and years and years later, as he was impacted and grown by the people that called this place home, eventually met his wife there, eventually got to serve on staff there, and eventually also got to help pen the words, value everyone we meet for the future of this place that he called home. Uh, you see that young couple that day, on a busy road, a busy road was 23 mile. Uh, that small town was Shelby Township. That young couple, those newlyweds were my parents. And when they walked through the doors of this place called Shepherd's Gate after seeing a marketing campaign, which was stuffed cheap, two of the people that they met through the doors of that church that day were Tom and Renee Lindemann, who were kind enough to not see them as an interruption, but to see them as image bearers because of the interaction, because of the awareness and the awakeness, my parents' life and my life has been forever changed by this place that we love called Shepherd's Gate. But it started with an open-eyed life. First off, if my parents looked to the left side of the road instead of the right side of the road on 23 Mile that day, they may not see some stuffed sheep and they may not find a place called Shepherd's Gate, but also if they opened the doors that day and if those people in between the doors had not dropped what they were doing and lived open-eyed and open-handed enough to know this wasn't an interruption, that these were people that were seeking belonging, seeking value, and seeking welcome. They lived open-handed and open-eyed. 
because of that, my life and many other people's lives were changed. Friends, today it's time to wake up, and I hope that you'll do it with me. I hope you'll continue this journey with me. I want to share one more story with you, if that's all right, before we say farewell for now and sing a closing song together. Can't wait to do that with you. But I want to leave you uh, by talking by, uh, about a gazelle, if that's okay. Did you know that gazelles can jump 30 feet horizontally and 15 feet vertically? Gazelles can jump 15 feet in the air in a heartbeat. That's crazy. Like, can we just stop and appreciate that today? Gazelles can jump 15 feet in the air. We have to stack a bunch of us on top of each other's shoulders to get 15 feet in the air. That's insane. But here's what's interesting. When zoos or other people try to keep a gazelle captive, they actually put a five-foot wall around the gazelle. I'm not great at math, but I do understand that that should not be effective, that a gazelle should be able to jump a five-foot wall three times over in a split second with no hesitation. But hear this today, a five-foot wall keeps a gazelle captive until its death because a gazelle will never jump when it can't see where its feet will land. So a five-foot wall can keep a gazelle captive forever because out of fear, it will not jump when it can't see the other side. I think for a lot of us, that we have stayed within the walls of what we've always known. We've stayed within the walls of what might be comfortable. And maybe for some of us, we have let a five-foot wall keep us from the other side of what God is doing in our hearts and in our everyday lives. And I don't know about you today, but I know that I think it's time for us to wake up. And even if we can't see where our feet will land, even if you don't know what this next journey ahead of waking up to the world around you might look like, even though it might be uncomfortable, it might be different. I know that God does incredible things when we jump into what he has for us next. My wife and I cannot wait to begin a new journey, but also to continue to cheer on Shepherd's Gate as it jumps into the future. As we open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds and open our hands together and to know that on the other side of that wall, there are some beautiful and amazing things. So will you jump with me? And will you know that you are incredibly and beautifully inherently loved? Right now we're gonna sing a song together. This is a song we've gotten to sing a lot together and I can't wait to sing it with you one more time. This is a song that's all about the new future, the new horizon that's all ahead of you and me today. But when we sing these words together, I have a future and my eyes are open. I pray that you would pray with me and pray for you and pray for our church and for our city, for our country, that we would wake up and know that our God has taught us to value everyone and we can do it together. I love you, church.